So it was exactly six years ago that I stood at this lectern for the first time. Exactly. It was, well, thanks. It was August 13th, 2017. And as our lectionary readings come about every three years, I preached on this same text from Matthew's Gospel. I'd been at St. John's for just a little under a month, and I was learning so much about this place and about this community. You know that expression, trying to drink from a fire hose? <laughs> that was indeed how it felt. And what I was learning at that time gave me a whole new lens through which to read this oh-so-familiar gospel story. You see, much of the time when we hear this story read or spoken about, the focus is on Peter. His action is often portrayed as some kind of self-help manifesto or preached as a morality tale. And I don't like either of those. So what struck me for the first time when I read this, starting here at St. John's six years ago, was to pay attention to the disciples, to those who stayed in the boat. Though the winds were fierce, though the waves were large, and though they thought a ghost was approaching, and though they were afraid, they stayed together. They held on to each other, and they did not abandon their community. It feels a little bit to me, it always has, that Peter does. And I appreciate Peter. He makes me feel better about being a lame Christian <laughs> and the fact that I mess things up, and if God can use Peter, then surely God can use me. But Peter in this story, especially as the focus, which he often is, I don't like it. And that has not changed in six years. So for those of you who were here six years ago, I do not expect you to remember my sermon. As Richard has often said, no one ever walks out of church humming the sermon. But I do imagine those of you who were here, remember the storms you weathered together leading up to that summer of 2017. And this is directly from my sermon in 2017, these two sentences. The people of St. John's stayed in community. They stayed in the boat through several years of ups, downs, changes, interims, dramatic clergy, let's be honest, welcomes, farewells, and not an insignificant level of uncertainty. Walking on water is not the only miracle in this story so is the devotion of the disciples to one another and their trust that together they can weather a storm, just 
as many of you did oh so faithfully. If, as we believe, scripture is alive and evolves and we evolve, and that somehow, miraculously, scripture is always relevant to our present circumstance, what does this story compel me to notice now, today, after six years of being in the boat with you all? There's a reason why where we are is called the nave. If you look up, if you can see through the darkness and the lights blinding you, you can see the ribs of the ceiling. This is called a nave from the Latin word for ship. And the ship or a boat is an ancient symbol of the church. We are literally and figuratively in this boat together. And as I said, I'm still not impressed with Peter, so that hasn't changed in six years. <clears throat> but I am still inspired by the model of community demonstrated by the disciples who remained together in the boat. And I still see that mightily evident here at St. John's as we love and support each other and work together to respond to so many of the cultural and personal tempests that have raged around us over the past six years. So we have stayed together through these cultural and personal tempests over the past six years. And I know many of you in this community feel that with each other. And my friends, it can feel like there is always a storm raging, can't it? So while I'm not stepping out, <clears throat> out onto the waves, I am very happy to be bouncing around on the rough sea with you. And so what else am I noticing now in 2023 in this oh-so-familiar gospel text? Jesus. Jesus is who is grabbing my attention today. There is so much for us to learn about Jesus in this text from Matthew, so much that I needed to be reminded anew, made aware of for the first time, and promises about who Jesus is and what Jesus does. For Matthew's audience, <clears throat> there would have been some very familiar illusions in this tale. This story is about Jesus walking on the water, not Peter, and what it means that Jesus walked on water. Jesus walking becomes a bridge between what God has done in the past and what God will do in the future through Christ. For those early Christians to whom Matthew wrote, they would have recognized reverberations of Job in this story. Job declares that the creator traversed the oceans before the dawn of humanity, saying that God stretched out the heavens and trampled on the waves of the sea. Sound familiar? Later, 
God questions Job about the cosmos and asks if he, Job, ever went upon the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep. Of course Job has not. Job is not God. The disciples have already seen Jesus quiet a storm in chapter 8 of Matthew. And they wondered afterward, who could he possibly be that the wind and the sea obey him? At this moment, we find them in the boat immediately following the miraculous feeding of the 5,000. And they still aren't convinced. They're a little slow. But somehow, somehow, witnessing Jesus walking on water is what finally opens their eyes to Jesus' true identity, opens their hearts to find courage, and opens their mouths to worship him and proclaim, truly you are the Son of God. With this new understanding, one might say finally, of who Jesus is, they can cross the bridge to what God will do in the future through Christ. The disciples' pronouncement foreshadows the words of the centurion at the end in Matthew 27, at the foot of the cross, when that Roman centurion says, truly this was the Son of God. The death upon the cross that was the redemption of all echoes and fulfills Peter's plea as he is sinking beneath the waves. Lord, save me. As I think about what I learn about Jesus and from Jesus now in the same gospel lesson that comes around every three years, I'm struck by how patient Jesus is with the disciples and with us. Even when we are shown again and again who Jesus is, even when we fail again to recognize him, he appears. Against all human logic and understanding, Jesus delights in meeting us where we are, reminds us not to be afraid, reaches out to catch us, as the gospel says, immediately when we stumble or sink, crawls into the boat with us and calms the chaos around us and within us. Jesus assures us that doubt is not the enemy or the opposite of faith. And even when we feel like we only have a little faith, the Gospel of Matthew has told us again and again that can be enough, enough to produce great things, just like that mustard seed. Jesus does not abandon the disciples, and he will not abandon <laughs> us. So my takeaway this time, six years later, 
Yes, I'm still impressed with the disciples in the boat. But I am just so struck by the grace that is evident in how patient Jesus is with our doubts, with our demands, with our dullness of understanding. Isn't that good news? My friends, it is a good and a joyful thing to be in this boat together with you. Amen.